I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. The world we inhabit is not as free, or certain, or safe as you might think. The things that you believe to be unassailably evident are little more than shadows dancing behind a curtain. A masquerade, crafted and dutifully upheld by an organization known as the Foundation. The file you are about to hear contains containment procedures, descriptions, testing logs, historical and in some cases first-hand accounts of the anomalous objects the Foundation serves to secure, contain and protect. Its contents have been thoroughly scrutinized by the Ethics Committee and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. Item number SCP-3000-EX Object Class Explained Special Containment Procedures Containment is no longer required as of 10 April 1987. The items previously designated as SCP-3000-1 through-4, together with related materials, have been returned to civilian authorities. Description SCP-3000-EX is the collective designation for a set of four modified hospital beds and other items which were originally hypothesized to have mind-affecting properties. Comprehensive testing of SCP-3000-EX, POI-3000-1, and all other materials recovered in conjunction with SCP-3000-EX have confirmed that they are not anomalous. A full list of SCP-3000-EX items follows. Four hospital beds, data manufactured no later than 1975. The beds have been modified by the attachment of short lengths of metal pipe of various sizes and configurations. The pipes are attached to the side rails of the beds by metal clamps or have been imprecisely welded in place. Seven IKEA brand directional floor lamps, two without bulbs, together with extension cords and power strips. Twelve bottles of sleeping pills. Nine pairs of handcuffs, together with several sets of what appear to be improvised manacles. Several of these were attached to the metal pipes on the hospital beds. Six steak knives. One chest freezer containing multiple cuts of red meat. The meat was later identified as beef. Three eviscerated human corpses, all teenage males. The bodies were later identified as those of Gavin Staub, Mitchell Clark, and Jerome Simmons, noted in Texas state records as missing persons. SCP-3000-EX was recovered on 4 April 1987, following interception of Tarrant County Police communications with a high incidence of trigger phrases. Key phrases included murder, Ritual, kids, flesh, speaking in tongues, and cult-like. Agents from Site 73 were deployed to the crime scene, a suburban house in Arlington, Texas, owned by Carl Frazier, designated POI 3000-1. POI 3000-1 had been arrested by county officers. All SCP-3000-EX items were located in the basement of the house. The bodies were handcuffed or manacled to hospital beds by the wrists and ankles and had been dead for between five days and three months before discovery. All three corpses were emaciated and showed signs of malnutrition and starvation over a period of at least four weeks. The torsos were smeared with a combination of human and animal blood. 
Cause of death was determined to be severe internal bleeding, organ damage, and disembowelment, likely with the steak knives found at the scene. Each of the bodies was found holding a steak knife in its right hand. Further investigation uncovered a pit dug beneath the garage filled with quicklime and containing body parts from at least 10 unidentified individuals. Based on the use of animal blood and the apparent self-inflicted wounds, Foundation agents suspected the possibility of a compulsion effect generated by the hospital beds or other SCP-3000-EX materials. All items were removed by the Foundation for testing, and POI-3000-1 was taken into Foundation custody, with local law enforcement amnesticized as necessary. Addendum 3000-EX-A Interview with POI-3000-1 Interviewed POI-3000-1 Interviewer, Agent Curtis. Date, 5 April 1987. Forward. Relevant extracts of this interview follow. The full 275-minute interview log is available at document 3000EX-084. POI 3000-1 was fitted with a polygraph for the final portion of the interview. Please confirm your name and address. Carl William Frazier. 17 Old Grove Drive, Arlington, Texas, United States of America. This is my grandma's house. Do you know why you're here, Carl? Yeah. I'm here because the policeman came to my house and he went down into my basement and he found those boys laying there dead. Did you kill those boys, Carl? Yes, I did. I killed them, or at least I had to help kill them. Who helped you kill them, Carl? They did. Those boys themselves did. I had to help. Tell me how you met those boys. Most of them were at the bus station in Fort Worth and... Where'd you get the hospital beds? I bought them. My grandma had one and she died, but I liked how the mattress felt when I lay down on it, so... So I bought some more and they were the same type, but they didn't feel the same. Where'd you buy them from? From a store in Fort Worth, Jackson's Brick-a-Brat. They have old things there. Did you change the beds after you bought them? I put the metal on them so their arms could reach. I tried it without it, but it didn't work. The handcuffs were too short. And I jammed the back so they were sitting up a little bit. So they could lean forward. Did you do anything else to the beds, Carl? No. Do you know what magic is? Yeah, like Siegfried and Roy. What about real magic, Carl? There's no such thing as real magic. Just stories and illusions. It's not real. Can you do illusions, Carl? No. Did you do an illusion with the beds? No. What do you mean? Did the beds make those boys hurt themselves? Did the bed speak to the boys in their minds? I don't understand what you mean. I think you're trying to trick me. I don't like it when people trick me. Okay, Carl. I'm not trying to trick you. I just want to ask questions. Would you like some more water? I don't like it when people trick me. Did you put the animal blood on those boys, Carl? I don't know, it came from the meat, from the freezer. Did you spread the blood in a pattern? 
No, it was them. It was just messy, not a pattern. Are you saying the animal blood was an accident? Yeah, it was an accident. Why are you asking? Killing the boys wasn't an accident, was it, Carl? No, it wasn't an accident. Why'd you kill him, Carl? I didn't kill him. I told you I didn't kill him. I just helped. Okay, I then. killed the other ones. The first ones. But I didn't know any better. And I was funny from the beer, and I just grabbed his neck to stop him leaving, and when I woke up, he was dead. I didn't mean to, but he was so pretty, and I didn't want him to leave, and I just tried to keep him, but... After he was dead, he started to rot, and I had to get rid of him, so... I, what about later on, Carl? What about Gavin Staub? Gavin. Gavin, yeah. I remember he had a strong face. And bright eyes, but he got too weak. What do you mean by weak? I... I tried feeding him. After the first ones. Once I got the handcuffs in the basement set up. But they didn't want to eat. They were beautiful. But the food was making them ugly and then they died. So then I realized there was another way. And the only way they could stay beautiful was if they ate themselves. If they ate themselves? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a loop. And the beauty goes around. And around. And it never wears off and they'd be able to stay. But I couldn't get them to understand even though I gave them the knives and told them to. But they wouldn't do it. So for Gavin, I had an idea. What was your idea, Carl? After he woke up and he was on the bed and he was yelling. I told him he had to eat himself. And he said no. And I said he couldn't have any food. And every day I told him. I could see he was hungry, but he still said no, so I waited, and waited, and then I gave him the steak. This is one of the steaks you were keeping in the freezer? Yeah, I put it on his belly and told him he could eat it. And the freezer's good because the cold makes it numb, and it makes the meat hard and slippery for the knife, and I knew how sharp the knife was, and it was like a, it was like a trick, but it wasn't a mean trick. He can only start cutting, he'd smell himself, and he'd be so hungry. And the beauty would go on forever. But he was too weak, and he couldn't hold the knife, so I had to help him. So what happened? I always had to help him. It never worked. I didn't want to, but I had to. There wasn't any other way. And the beauty always went out of him afterwards. I'm going to tell you some names now, Carl. And you tell me if you've heard of them, okay? Okay. Adam's Wake. No. Ion. Like in chemistry? No, it's a name. Do you know Ion? No. That's a strange name. The Order of the White Worm. No. The Fifth Church. No, there's a Catholic church off of Debbie Lane, I think. Talal. No. That's not a word. Are you trying to trick me? No, Carl, I'm not. I'm just asking you whether you know it. It's not a real word. Okay. The Velt. Afterward, polygraph results were negative for all anomalous connections and groups of interest. 
Further testing confirmed that neither POI 3000-1 nor any of the SCP-3000-EX items had any anomalous properties. POI 3000-1 was amnesticized and returned to Tarrant County Jail. Addendum 3000-EX-B Local Media Report Source Arlington Voice Newspaper, page 3 Date 12 August 1987 Headline Murder Trial Collapses the murder trial of the Arlington Cannibal was thrown out of court yesterday when the district attorney's case collapsed in spectacular fashion. The alleged murderer, Carl Frazier, 38, has been released from custody and the DA would not confirm whether further charges would be filed. Frazier was accused of the gruesome murders of three young men, allegedly found dead in his Arlington home. Tarrant County Officer Sean Douglas had told the court the shocking details of his discovery of the bodies in the basement of the house, provoking gasps from the packed courtroom. However, his testimony faltered during cross-examination by defense attorney Peter Ridley. Mr. Ridley repeatedly queried Officer Douglas's recollection of events, with the officer pressed for information about the circumstances of the search of Mr. Frazier's house. Under a barrage of questions, Officer Douglas admitted that he could not clearly remember his actions for a significant period immediately after discovering the bodies, and he could not explain this confusion. Mr. Ridley then presented police records for the case, showing gaps in the custody of the alleged murder weapons and other evidence, which Officer Douglas could not explain. Officer Douglas was adamant that he had nothing to hide, but admitted that he could not rule out tampering with the crime scene or the evidence during the alleged gaps. Following this answer, the district attorney immediately asked the judge's permission to withdraw charges. Amid uproar in the courtroom, the trial was discontinued and Mr. Frazier released. After the trial, Mr. Frazier was not available for comment. Mr. Ridley gave a short statement to reporters gathered outside the courthouse, noting that his client had been exhausted by the proceedings and wished to be given privacy on his return home. Update, 15 August 1987. Foundation standard procedures for the use of amnestics has been amended. The Ethics Committee is currently deliberating on a proposal related to SCP-3000-EX. Please see document EC-87-054. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you like what you hear, follow the link in the description to patreon.com slash SCP Unredacted and help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. You can get access to production logs, merchandise, recognition, and even a part in a skip. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip. All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible, so credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki. Upvote their work and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0 and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0. I'm Gregory Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki. And we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people.
or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation.